0: You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Um, so our topic tonight is Shalom, Shalom, right? Most everybody is at least a little bit familiar. You've, you've heard the word and you probably know that the word means peace, right? So Shalom, 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 Peace, Peace. Um, you probably you may have heard it in a greeting, or you may know that that's how people who speak Hebrew greet one another. They say shalom, or the longer version is shalom aleichem, or aleichem shalom would be the response, um, which is peace be with you, and may peace be with you back, right? But um, and 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 uh, and the most common way today is just people just say shalom, shalom, shalom. It's both hello and goodbye. It's kind of like chow. Chow is like that too. You can see somebody say "hey chow. or you can be leaving and say "somebody ciao." Uh, they both way. Now you may have heard it, um, depending on where you live and what movies you're watching and who you're hanging around. Uh, it's also the the a Muslim greeting. It's a common Muslim greeting. Very same word in Arabic though, "assalamu alaykum," or "wa alaykum as it, it 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 depends on. It varies a little bit. And and in India, it's actually just the word "salam." It's all the same word. It all boils down to peace. And this, I think, is an incredibly important topic for us, and something that we all need, like oil in our head, on our head, and and like 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 an ice cold glass of water on a hot sunny day. Uh, We need peace, and the peace that is shalom, not just. The absence of war. I mean, of course, it does mean the absence of war, you know, the, the opposite of war. Ecclesiastes 3 8. Um, it says a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for shalom. I'm going to give you some scriptures and put the word back in there because obviously it's usually shalom is translated to the word peace, but I'm untranslating it, so to speak. Um, because I think it's, it's when you see it in there, it makes more sense. You know, a time for war and a time for shalom. Now the, now typically that's what people think of a time of peace, you know, uh, the opposite of war, but, and that is true. Shalom is that. Uh, it's the opposite of war. War is conflict and shalom is peace. Um, but that's really just a small usage of the word. It's used in multiple ways, all connected. And some of the ways it's used. Is to restore something. That is shalom. To reconcile. To bring two people back together. To heal a wound or a hurt. To complete something. To finish what was started. Is shalom. That was used to describe Solomon finishing the temple. Um To be done. To have paid off something. That is shalom. You know that feeling when you send your last car payment. Or your last... Credit card payment and you're zeroed, you're back to zero, no debt. That's shalom. That's, I'm done. Finished. You know, or something that you're doing that's difficult. Uh, to be whole, to be complete, right? That is shalom. The, the, the temple was made with stones that were complete. Shalom. Not, not cracked, not missing pieces. Uh, the, an altar was to be built with rocks that were shalom. They were complete. You didn't cut them up. You didn't break off pieces. The entire stone was used. It also means to be safe, to be secure. um, That I am shalom. I am in safety. I'm in security. To be fulfilled, uh, where where I am content in all situations. Where I'm at peace with everything. I'm not bothered. I'm not angry. I'm not upset about it. Um, I've I've got what I need to be in harmony. You know, there's a, there's a beautiful sound that comes from the four parts of the, of the singers are all singing together. A unique sound that is not any one of them, but it's all of them together. That beautiful sound that is Shalom. When people come together and work together in harmony, the, to be content, you know, to be fulfilled, to be content. I'm, I'm good, you know, to uh, whether it's you just had a great meal, had three tacos al pastor with good beans and rice. And afterwards somebody says, Do you want more? He said, No, I am shalom. I'm good. I'm content. It's a state of bliss. It's a state of you know, that, that that feeling. You can you you know what I'm talking about. Um it also used to describe health. You know, I'm not sickly, I'm not I don't have something. I'm 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 in good shape. I mean, uh, you know, my, my heart is good, my lungs are good, I'm Feeling good, that is shalom. Uh prosperity, uh it's used to describe prosperity. God's blessing is shalom. You know, that that we we have what we need. And I know everybody's definition of prosperity is going to be different, but the general idea, that general feel of of I am in shalom, I'm 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 good, I've got what I need, I'm well taken care of. Um it's used a lot of times in, in ways that we don't necessarily think of because it is a concept in and of itself, you know, that's more than just peace. I love this And 2 Samuel 19, 6, where David is inquiring about people's shalom. He says, so David went, sent this word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite, and Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab's shalom was. Now, in the NIV, it says how his peace was, but, but it actually translates it different. But in the Hebrew, that's what he says. How's your shalom? You know, how you doing? It's a, it's a, it's a more in depth way of saying, how are you? Um Now there's a whole lot of behind this story, right? But we're not going to go down that path yet. Uh, or not, not today. How the soldier shalom was, you know, how the troops doing, how are they? And how the shalom of the war was going. Now that's interesting. You know, that they're, they're in a battle, they're in war, but even in the battle in war, how's your peace? how's how's your fulfillment how's your content how how are things going how are you feeling about all this you know uh second samuel nineteen six right so um i love this and isaiah thirty two seventeen says the fruit of that righteousness will be shalom you know that we do things right you feel good about things right I mean, when you, when you get your, when you're running late on registering your car or you're running on empty and you get that registration done, you put that sticker on your license plate and you're like, yeah, I feel good. You know, you fill up with gas, nothing like driving out and you got a full tank gas, right? You just, that, that, that feeling when you do what's right, you fix something, you, you mend something, you reconcile with somebody, you, you got tension with your spouse and you apologize and then she apologizes and, and you're just, you're good. You hug, you kiss, you're, you're it's shalom. That's, that's shalom. That's the path. That's the fruit of righteousness. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. See, this, this is, this is how God wants us to live. And our world right now is, is the opposite right now. I mean, talk about quietness and confidence. I mean, there's a lot of insecurity. There's a lot of fear. Uh, there's a lot of noise out there. There's just a lot happening. And and some of it needs to happen so that we can get to better places. Like you have to have rough, you know, if you're going to reconcile, if you and your spouse aren't getting along, if Michelle and I aren't getting along, we know we have to have a talk. Sooner or later, more sooner than later, one of us says, okay, we, you know what, I think we need to talk. You know, because you know how that is. That it can be an unsaid tension building up. You know, with whoever, your roommate, your friend, your coworker, your spouse, and that tension starts building. And then you start taking little jabs at each other. And then it, then, then, then something little snags and boom, it blows up. Right. And it's cause you had no shalom and it was bound to blow up. Right. And in one sense, that's happened in our world and things have blown up. And now we're trying to talk through it. And that's so unsettling and so much insecurity and so much fear and so much doubt. And then, you know, and that's what somebody, I mean, you have hope when that somebody who wants to be reconciled wants to be in a great relationship. What about with somebody who doesn't care what you think, doesn't care how you feel, doesn't care what you, what, what, what the outcome is going to be. It's just, it's, it's terrifying to, to be in that kind of situation. And, in many ways, that's the political situation of our world right now that there's just so much anger and and people saying things and labeling each other and judging each other and and all this stuff that it's it's our our world and it's not just our country it's around the world there's just a lot of insecurity and stress and anxiety out there. How much we need this shalom we need this peace we need this contentness we need this confidence. You know, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers. Now, this is New Testament. So, the New Testament, the Greek word for peace is erene. Uh, erene. That's where we get that word, the name Rene from. Um, erene in, in Greek. It's the same idea. And it's what, it's the word used to translate shalom from Hebrew to Greek. Um, in, in the New, te- in the Greek Old Testament, the, the, the Greek, that's called the Septuagint. It's a Greek translation of the Old, The Hebrew Old Testament, they use the word Erene. Okay. So, so it's the same word. So, this is what, this is the word Jesus uses, or probably used the word shalom, but it's translated in the New Testament. Blessed are the peacemakers or the shalom doers, those who make shalom, those who bring about shalom, for they will be called children of God. That's awesome. That is so great. To that, to be a peacemaker, to be the one who makes peace with others, to bring to be the one who brings peace into the house, who brings peace at work, who helps restore peace at church, or maybe even a bigger role, peace in the nation or peace in your city or or that 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 is such an incredibly important role and a gift to be able to give, and and God says they'll be called the children of God. That's, that's the offspring of what God does. In Isaiah 9, 6, he says, talking about Jesus, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Okay. He's going to be the leader. He's going to be the organizer. He's going to be our government. Remember, we talked about this all, already, but, but Jesus is our government and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of shalom. Love that, right? Okay, we often say Prince of Peace, but it's the same thing. It's Prince of Shalom. To give you a little better understanding of his role, of who he is, he brings that peace, that confidence, that (sighs) to life. That's Jesus. That's Zoe. I'm the way, the truth, and the life where you have Shalom, where you have peace, um, I love this. This is a midrash, which is a, uh, it's like the Talmud. It's, 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 it's like theology from Jewish theology, so to speak. He who establishes shalom between man and his fellow, between husband and wife, between two cities, two nations, two families, or two governments, no harm should come to him. You know, that, that it's just been recognized for centuries. The value and the importance of a peacemaker, of somebody who can actually reconcile things, who can actually fix things and make us whole again and, and help us. And, and because it's such a huge need. It is a need constantly in our world, but also in our households, in our marriages, in our friendships, in our relationships with our kids, you know, to, to be able to, I remember there was a time period with each of my kids where, where our relationship Didn't go well for a while and it was bumpy and not good. And I remember with my son for a couple of years, we were just not a couple of years, but several months I noticed we were, our relationship was getting, was, was getting estranged. We were, we were disagreeing a lot and tension was building. And I literally asked a brother and a a sister, a couple of friends of mine, Mark and Cindy Wilkinson to come to our house and have dinner with us once a week and just check out our family dynamics. We said, look, come just watch, watch our family and give us feedback. And they came and they got to know our kids. They got to know us. And we gave them a blank check. Look, I said, look, you talk to my kids, talk to my wife, talk to anybody. Help me because my family's off right now. And we're, we're fighting and, 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 you know, it was great. He came in and said, okay, the, you know, I see the problem. Clearly it's you and your son have built up a lot of tension and you need to one you need to spend time together two you need to talk a lot more and you and that's going to take time because he doesn't trust you right now and he's mad at you and and sure enough that's what you know what we did I devoted time energy and it totally turned around our relationship my son and I have we have a fantastic relationship friendship even you know we miss each other I mean I just got a call a couple days ago he's dad I just I miss you man we haven't we haven't talked enough you know and and I miss him all the time but but the ability to to bring shalom back in is so important. Um, when Jesus says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. That's the scripture I wrestled a lot with. The first time I ever read it was like, be perfect. How am I supposed to be perfect? I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. But keep in mind, this is not the English understanding of perfect, which means flawless. This is the Greek understanding, or even more importantly, the Hebrew understanding. The Greek understanding is is undeveloped or, or perfect is fully developed. So imperfect is underdeveloped and perfect is fully developed or fully mature. Right. But the Hebrew understanding is fully arrived or fulfilled or full or completeness. It's Shalom. It's the same thing. It's be Shalom. Therefore, as your heavenly father is Shalom be filled, be full in what you do. And, you know, where it really, really shows up a lot is in relationships. And that's the majority of the use of Shalom in the Bible is more with relationships than it is with war. You know, it's more about how we interact with God, with each other, um, the spiritual relationships we have, the Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the physical and emotional relationships that we have with our spouse, kids, parents, friends, family, neighbors, coworkers the community around us, you know, how do we get along with them? How are we, do we harmonize with each other? Um, You know, and, and sometimes it's always good to, if you want to understand something, look at the opposite of it, right? So what's the opposite of Shalom? It's fear. It's doubt. It's worry. It's pride. You know, it's, it's defensiveness. It's isolation. It's, it's, you know, I'm not listening to anybody it's I'm pulling away. I'm, I'm doing my thing. And, you know, that's, that's the opposite. Not, I'm not apologizing to anybody. You know, a good test of how mature we are spiritually is how often do you apologize? When, you know, how often do you apologize? I remember when I, when, when we got married, um, we had a huge blessing in our life. We've been married four months. We moved to Miami to help plant the church in Miami. And we started getting discipled by Sam and Jerry Lang. And what a huge blessing that was. First four years of our marriage, discipled by Sam and Jerry Lang, the marriage couple, right? In the kingdom. And one of the things he told me, I remember, I'll never forget. He said, you need to lead the way in apologies. Always. You should be the one who apologizes most. And of course, my thought was, wait, what if I'm not the one who makes the most mistakes? You know, thinking like a typical prideful young man. And he, and he said, you know, he said, he said, first of all, you're the leader means you will make the most mistakes. And that your mistakes are going to have the biggest impact on everybody because you're the leader. And that's part of leadership. Part of leadership is being good at apologizing, being quick to recognize your mistakes, your faults, and quick to apologize for them. And that applies whether you're leading a church, or leading a family, or leading at work, or in any leadership circle. And it is especially important with leading a family because your kids will learn from you. And if you try to come across perfect and never want to admit when you're wrong, then believe me, that will cause bitterness. That will cause resentments, resentments, and deep down, nobody's going to want to be like you. You know, the the, the it's the humility that inspires people. It's the ability to apologize when you mess up, and we all mess up. But those are those are just those are things that are, are the opposite. And and I would carry them into the blocks of. Shalom, what blocks shalom is pride is that I'm talking about that. The inability or the unwillingness to, to humble ourselves and get input and ask advice or apologize when we see things wrong. Debt, debt, you know, stresses us out when we owe to others. And sometimes, you know, primarily when we think of debt, we think financial debt, right? When we owe people money or, you you know, you know that how that destroys relationships, right? We, we all, we've all experienced that you borrow money from somebody and you forget to pay them when you were going to pay him or you didn't say, and you don't want to see that person. Right. You're like, Oh no. You know, um, Michelle and I laugh because we both have childhood, uh, stories of dealing with the library, you know, of, of having a book that I didn't return and, and being afraid that I'm going to see the librarian somewhere. And she's going to know, she's going to look at me and say, you stole a book, you know, or you owe us a book, you know, having that debt. Um, that's why Paul said, oh, no, oh, no man, anything except the debt of love. And the debt of love is a good thing. That's the covenant of love that we have, um, which is also Shalom is a covenant. But anyways, so debt, you know, owing people money, owing uh, things. And sometimes even debt is when we sin against somebody and that's the Lord's prayer. Forgive us our sins or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, right? That's part of Jesus' prayer. Forgive us. And, and notice how sin and debt are interchangeable. Um, when we owe somebody something, an apology, uh, we've done wrong. We know we did wrong, but we haven't dealt with it. We haven't gone and said, I am really sorry. It's why apologies are so important. And, you know, we, we taught our kids growing up that when you do something wrong, you apologize, but that's not even it. It's not done. The person you apologize to has to say, I forgive you. Then it's all tied up. Now, truth be told, if you're apologizing to a non-Christian or somebody that doesn't, isn't trying to live in shalom, they may not say anything. That's okay. You've done your part. You can say, I did my part. But what really heals it, what heals it and restores it, what brings full shalom is when somebody says, I am sorry and they mean it. It's sincere, not, not, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not that kind of sorry, but look, I'm sorry. And whenever we taught our kids, when you apologize, you say what you apologize for, not just a general, I'm sorry. And not the if, okay. Not the if I'm sorry, if I hurt you, no. Nah, nah, nah. that's washing it down. I'm sorry that I hurt you, or I'm sorry that I did this. No ifs about it. That's taking full responsibility. And then the other person, the other child or adult has to say, should accept it and respond with "I forgive you," then you can hug each other it's healed it's reconciled we're good to go and and now that's not always possible, okay, given that not everybody wants to be reconciled um you know, even though you know we're we're commanded obviously if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, and you can restore you can basically uh restore that relationship, but that doesn't necessarily happen with other people, and then there are some. Unfortunately, there's some brothers and sisters that don't even want to be reconciled that's wrong they're in sin and they don't repent they'll they'll be held accountable for that but But all you can do is your part in that, and you know I mean Jesus had conflicts with lots of people that he couldn't reconcile with um they weren't going to do it so but um complaining you know this is a block if when we're complaining and we all do it, we all do it don't don't think oh yeah Mike, I'm teaching my kids not to complain. The way to teach your kids not to complain is you don't complain, right? If we don't complain. Sometimes some of us, I've seen this happen in the church where where parents are complaining about the church, they're complaining about the leader, they're complaining about the sermon, and then their kids grow up and want nothing to do with the church and they can't figure out why. None of this kids has been listening to 18 years of you complaining about this church. Why would he want to join that church? Why would they want to be part of something that you complain about all the time, right? What they need to hear is shalom and the gratitude and the fulfillment that we have from Jesus and yeah we you know sometimes we got to talk about problems in the church and but we talk about them faithfully lovingly and respectfully not sitting around complaining uh being judgmental is a block to shalom right when we we cast judgment on each other oh she's this he's that you know we're we're right now with the talks that we've been having with race reconciliation reconciling and and getting through this this is especially important well, because he's black, because she's white, because they're Mexican, because they're Asians. You know, we, we that, that kind of stuff keeps us from really achieving unity and, and being fully reconciled, uh, being unresolved. You know, This sometimes, you know, we've got, uh, so it gets tricky sometimes. There's things that we don't like and we, we don't feel great about, but we don't feel like it's a sin that we need to go and, bring up to the leadership or bring up to my Bible talk leader, but we let it just bother us. So we have to do one of two things. We either need to give it to the Lord and let it go. So I'm not going to worry about this. I got bigger fish to fry. I got other things to to work on and do deal with. Um, or I got my own sense so out, you know, I'm not going to worry about that and truly let it go. Well, how do you know if you can't do that? If it keeps bothering you, <laughs> if you lose sleep over, or if, if you start complaining about it and you can't stop. Okay, then you need to go get reconciled with whoever it is, and 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 get it resolved because un, being unresolved absolutely blocks shalom and unforgiving. You know there are some people that that just won't forgive. They just won't. They won't forgive. They, they. I'm not forgiving that. You know. You know they forget that the measure they use will be used with them. They obviously that's forgotten. But I'm not talking about you know. People doing spiritually bad sometimes even people who are strong in the church doing lots of things i don't know if they're spiritually doing great but they're but they're in there you know and doing lots of stuff can quietly be very unforgiving and just hold things you know in spanish we call it being rencoroso means you, you you hold things in your heart and and it and you don't forgive and that that will block shalom absolutely and your relationships aren't good the church needs to be a place where we just love being together. We love each other. We, we yeah, of course problems come up. We reconcile them and we keep it great. We keep the church being awesome. We 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 reconcile things, we resolve things quickly, um, and we have great relationships in the church. It needs to be a place where we feel safe to talk about our weaknesses. Uh, even to confess sin and to share struggles where we're not going to judge each other. There's not going to be a wall of pride, but there's going to be love and grace and mercy. Um Jesus said this, and I think this is really important. He said, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart, take heart. I have overcome the world. You know, this, this, This is really important. This is part of the goal of Jesus' teachings. I've told you these things so that you may have shalom. You can have shalom. This is part of why our theme is eyes on Jesus, especially right now, because there's so many things that can upset us and trigger us and depress us and discourage us and make us angry and all this stuff. There's just And you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a lot of stuff out there. And then, truth be told, there's even stuff in the church that makes us feel some of these things. And so it has to be our decision and our intentional action to focus on Jesus and find shalom in him. He says, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And this is my quote myself here. Shalom is not merely the absence of war and conflict, but also signifies the presence of harmony with God, each other, and my life. Okay, now I've I've read similar things all over in a lot of different studies. I've read a number of studies, and I've my own study on the word shalom. So uh I gotta fix the grammar on this. It's not shalom yet. But, anyways, um shalom is not merely the absence of war and conflict. But also signifies the presence of harmony with God, with each other, and I would say myself or my life. I've, 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 I've got to harmonize with me. I've got to be okay with me, and understand and be content with who me is, and not, not. I'm not saying I don't have sin to deal with or things to change. We, we, we will always have that, but even in that, we're okay. We're okay. I mean, I, I wish I was taller. I'm not. But I'm okay with my height. You know, and and I wish I was this. I wish I was that. But I'm not. What I am, I'm okay with. I'm content. Now, we have a popular way to say these things. Uh, to be, he's happy in his own skin. Or she's happy or she's confident in her own skin. I Meaning, she. I understand. I have strengths. I have limitations. I have weaknesses. I even have a sinful nature. And though I may always struggle with my sinful nature, I am content with who I am because the Lord made me, because God has blessed me. And where I fall short, God's grace covers me and protects me. So that's shalom. That is shalom. And we have to have shalom in the home and in the church. So important. we be humble, not self-righteous, not looking down on each other, and even in the house, that we're patient with each other, that we're not getting frustrated and angry at each other because each other aren't meeting our expectations, that we're gracious with one another, we're humble with one another, that it has to be a safe place, not judgmental, not where we're going to be quickly labeled, quickly pigeonholed. You know, it it's, it's makes it incredibly hard to be open and have conversations If we think, if I say this, they're going to immediately think this and they're not going to listen to me anymore. We got to know that I will be heard and, and, and we're on each other's side. We, we want the best for each other. You know, I love my kids and I know I have a blind spot for them. I mean, I think my kids are amazing. They're awesome. And, and I, and I think that's what I think of them. I think they're fantastic. Now, do I know their sinful nature? Of course I do. And believe me, I've dealt with it their entire lives. But my view of them, my overall feel for my kids, I love them. They're incredible. They're amazing. I'm totally on their side. When they don't get a job, I can't figure out why. I think why wouldn't I'd hire them? I think they're wonderful. You know, or if they don't, if if somebody doesn't like them, I think what what why wouldn't you like my son? He's amazing. He's fantastic. You know, or my daughter. You know, that's, we we all, but, but I'm dad, right? That's these dads love their kids. That's how we need to love each other, that we're on each other's side. Somebody says something negative about somebody, really? Gosh, that's not how I see them. I see them, and you have their strengths and their gifts and their in, in mind. Now, you may be aware, you know, yeah, the, the brother struggles with that, but you know, he's got a great heart, so let's let's talk to him. Let's figure it out. Let's let's see how we can help each other. But to be faithful, not doubting. Not doubting. And this is a big one right now. Because what's gonna happen in our world? We don't know. We don't know. We gotta be faithful. That as long as I'm with God and as long as, long as I do what's right, the Lord will take care of me. And whatever we suffer, God will turn it into good somehow. You know, that does, you know, the Lord will take care of me it does not mean I won't suffer. I may suffer, but even that God will do something good with it. And we have to have faith. We have to have faith in the church. This is God's plan, not mine. You know, I've wondered sometimes in the past, I've thought, why doesn't God put angels in charge? They always obey him. Well, at least since Satan's rebellion, the ones that stayed with him, they always obey him. They always do his will. Why not put angels in charge of the church? They're a lot more closer to perfect than humans. You put people in charge of things, people are going to mess up. People are going to hurt each other. People are going to do stupid things and not even know they did something stupid. Or maybe it takes them 10 years to figure out that they did something stupid. Meanwhile, all these people get hurt. And I thought, why, why, why would God have the church? Because it's how we learn and how we grow. And it's, it's the, it's the nursery. It's the, it's the incubator. It's, it's, it's where we learn to grow. And if we are having our eyes on Jesus, even all the bumps and mistakes and errors and hurts will only help us to become more like Jesus will only help us to become more spiritual and be able to be a better helper for the world, a better teacher, a better preacher, a better, you know, whatever for the world. If we take what we learn in the church and grow from it, you know, it's, you have to be steadfast. We have to be uh, steadfast to make, we can't be quitters oh you hurt my feelings you're out of my life I don't want anything to do with you or oh you're one of those people no, 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 no. I don't need that I understand that there's there's sometimes toxic people that that happens there are some people like that that they just they hurt so deeply you know what let somebody else help them get yourself out of that situation but for most of us it's just normal you know bumping and hurting each other and doing stuff and 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 the easiest thing to do is quit. We, we live in a world of quitters right now. People quit jobs like that. They quit relationships like that. They just quit on each other, write each other off. They don't try. They don't persevere. There's no such thing as long suffering. It's just, nope, you hurt me, you're out. That's the way of the world. That can happen in the church and at home. You can't do that with your kids. You can't do that with each other. We have to be stay in steadfast. I won't quit on you. I'll hang in there. We have to be loving, right? Not critical. We have to we have to really believe in each other, and and love one another, and treat each other. So, Jesus said, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated, right? We all want to be loved. All of us do. We want people to believe in us. Even when we mess up, we hope people will understand that we didn't mess up on purpose. Or if we messed up in weakness, that it was out of weakness. It wasn't diabolical. It wasn't because we're evil. It wasn't because we're stupid. It's because we're weak and we mess up sometimes. Even when we want to do what's right. And we hope that people will love us enough to treat us that way. You know, it, it, not a, I can't believe you did that, but uh bro, what happened? Why did you, what'd you do there? Why did you do that? You notice the difference? One is judgmental and self-righteous and the other is in pain because they still believe in you. And that's how we all want to be treated. So da that's how we should treat each other, right? Long suffering, not vengeful. Well, that person hurt me, I'm getting them back. Well, they don't do this, I'm doing the long suffering. I will suffer. I would rather be wronged than wrong somebody. I would rather be hurt than hurt somebody. I would rather suffer than cause somebody to suffer. That's long suffering. And being spiritual, you know, just checking our reactions. Right now in the world, Whoo, dang, there's so much going on. Watch the news, and there's 12 things to react to. Questions: are we reacting spiritually, or are we reacting worldly? What is our reaction? That's how you open up your home for shalom. That's how you get shalom in the home. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, or shalom I leave with you. My shalom I give you. So I love this. Jesus has given us his shalom. If we we follow him, if we try to think like him, try to walk like him, guess what we get? We get his shalom. We get his peace. You know, I don't know what's going to happen in this world. I don't know how this is all going to turn out. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. But I do know Jesus. And I do know he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I do know... That no matter what happens around me, I can still be content. I can be in shalom. No matter what's going on around me. He says, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Be shalom. Be in shalom. It's the sweet spot of life. Where God's will, my will, and my lot. What's my lot? Well, It's my gifts, my strengths, my opportunities, my experiences, all things that God has given me, where they all intersect. And I serve the Lord. That's a sweet spot right there. So close out with this scripture. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace. The good news of shalom through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. What is the gospel? The gospel is shalom. (laughs) Yeah, it's the message of Jesus. Shalom with God, because Jesus died on a cross and paid for our sins, paid in full, debt free. Shalom. Because Jesus taught us to love each other and be reconciled and be one, be fulfilled. Because Jesus teaches us to be content, to be confident, no matter what's happening around us, to be shalom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now to be the ones that go and share the shalom, to be the ones that go and spread the message, the gospel of shalom. Peace with God. How? Faith, repentance, baptism. Peace with each other. How? Repentance and loving each other. And serving one another and growing together. Life of Shalom. That's his gift to us. That's what we have. And now we're the agents. We're the agents of Shalom. I know. You said, well, that'd be nice, Robert, but I'm frustrated today, you know, or or I was stressed out to. I know, I know, I know. But stop. Center yourself on God. Focus your eyes on Jesus and find your shalom and get back there. You know, it's what I love about the mornings is I I'm able to get up and get in that shalom. And Hey, it happens many times halfway through the day. I need to go back and reconnect. I need to recalibrate. Sometimes it's two hours later. I don't have time to have a whole nother quiet time, but I do have time to just stop and refocus and reconnect to find my shalom you know the message of god sent to the people of israel announcing the good news of shalom through jesus christ who is lord of all so assalamu alaikum shalom alaykum salam you've just listened to the metro la podcast For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.